This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Dustin Goodwin. He's in the HR industry, specifically in the software as a service space, looking to increase his revenue. So congratulations, Dustin, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show to build your idea. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you learn from Iran Eyal. They hit 100 grand per month in revenue in 2015, and now he's raising a $2.5 million round of funding. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest this morning is Whitson Gordon. He's the editor-in-chief of How To Geek. He was formerly the editor-in-chief of Lifehacker and has contributed to other publications, including Macworld and Wired. He spends a lot of time breaking technology just so he can learn how to fix it. Whitson, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's do this. So first things first, tell us how you got involved at Lifehacker and how do you become editor-in-chief? Oh my gosh, that's how long, how long do you have? <laughs> Tell me what you got. You know, it's, it's, it's really weird. I, I was in college and I thought that, you know, maybe this, this blogging thing was something that I wanted to do. Um, I, so I kind of, uh, monitored Lifehacker. I went back into their history and kind of looked at how often they were hiring interns and doing stuff like that. Um, set up a little personal blog for myself. So I had writing samples to send them, even no, even though no one was reading this blog that I was writing, I knew that it would be beneficial when I went to apply for an internship or a job. Um, I applied for an internship by some miracle of whatever got the internship. And uh, it's been kind of a a whirlwind ever since. (laughs) And and, well, how did you get the internship? Why go to why go there? Um, Why go to Lifehacker? Yeah, because it was my favorite site on the net. And I would have, you know, I thought that if I was lucky enough to get the internship there, maybe it would lead to a job at some other smaller tech blog one day. You and know, at what best. year was what year was that? This was in two thousand nine. Okay, and was that where well, when you graduated college, or I was actually still in college. Okay, and how old are you now? I was in. I'm twenty eight. Okay, twenty eight. So, so like you go to Lifehacker, you know, you start as an intern. Walk us through getting to editor in chief. How'd that work? So I started as an intern about a month into my internship. Um, the editor-in-chief at the time said, you know, you seem to be really into this. You are a good writer. Um, we'd like to have you come on full-time after you graduate. Um, and so, obviously, I was ecstatic. I, I jumped at the chance, uh, started off as a, as a contributor to finish off my, my year of college. Um, you know, after I graduated, I went full-time. Uh, and, you know, we were a really small staff then. How many? Um, there's probably, when I started as an intern, there were probably four other people. Okay. And, and how, remind me again, how many, I mean, when you joined it, you guys really, what was your big metric that you always measured on a weekly basis? Uh, I would, uh, weekly. Or monthly, whatever here. the frequency. Uh, you know, monthly we'd measure uniques. I can look at weekly too. And I would say, let's see. When you joined, um, in, what were uniques? In 2009, our weekly uniques were something like, you know, one and a half million. Uh-huh. Um, maybe a little bit more monthly uniques were something like, um, 
Oh, I'm sorry, not one and a half. Uh, monthly uniques were probably about four million, and now Lifehacker is pulling in, um, you know, fifteen million, and that's just in the U.S. So how the heck are what's the secret? I mean, you you first off, I want to try and understand how much of this was was kind of while you were involved. So when did you leave Lifehacker? What year? I left Lifehacker about three weeks ago. Oh wow! Okay, so so 2016. <laughs> okay, so you've be- you've pretty much seen the growth from a million to to you said 10 million uniques just from the U.S. alone, right? Yeah, um, I I might I may have those. So, yeah, something like a million to yeah. Now they're at you know three million uh, uniques just per, from the U.S. per week. Oh, per week. Uh, yeah, that's just from the U.S. Wow. Okay, um, and that's per week. So Whitson, you're like a super genius. Tell us how this worked. <laughs> Why did why did why did it grow so fast? People are you listening, know, going, Nathan, ask him the tough freaking questions. I want four million weekly uniques. I know, and and I, you know, I can only guess at this point <laughs> as as to what kind what kind of drove that growth. And I, I you know, I, this sounds cheesy, but I've always co- contributed to kind of fifty percent, just having good quality content that people actually respect, mm-hmm. and and fifty percent knowing how to market that content. And I know marketing, especially among, you know, editors and writers, people don't like to think about marketing their stuff. They just want to write. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of blogs that kind of fall either too far in the line of quality, but, but boring or, you know, kind of lower quality, but they're really good at writing headlines and tweets. And, and give me an example of quality, of but boring titles. Oh, you know, I, Come mean, on, I, Whitson. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I mean, I would say probably in the, in the early days, um, Lifehacker probably tended a little bit more toward quality, but boring. Okay. Are you we know, talking we, like we NPR? Always, I mean, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it doesn't have these really flashy kind of things that suck. You know, it's like NPR versus the local news. NPR is on the quality, but boring side. Or NPR you know, versus BuzzFeed. A lot, a lot of, a lot, yeah. Yeah. BuzzFeed or a lot of like, you know, uh, 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 blogs like that, that kind of focus on these headlines that really draw you in and then under, under deliver when you actually get there. Okay, so if I had to ask you, I'm going to be polarizing for a second, then I want to go deep on one of these. What's more important, quality or your marketing tactics? I would say quality. I don't believe but, you. But, but, I think that they're both Come on, Whitson, you would say quality over the market. I think you could take a piece of shit and if you know how to market it, you're going to make it great and you're going to convince people it's great and then they're going to believe it's great. Oh, I don't, I don't believe that at all. Really? I okay. believe you could make money doing that. No, no, I don't, that's I don't what I'm know, talking about. I don't know if that's as, I don't know if that's as long-term viable, you know? Okay. I think that the, the kind of blogs that try to do that are the ones that end up dying off and something else comes to take their place. Give me an example of um, one that died off because they did that too hard. Uh, I don't know. I, well, come you on, know, you, just quote, you just quoted it. You must know. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, so maybe not died off. Um, but I would say, and I, I think quality, but boring also dies off pretty easily too. I can actually probably give you more examples of that. Um, because, because that's, that's why, okay. So maybe improving your point, maybe you're right. Um, well, that was, Whitson, that was too easy. I just convinced you in like 0.2 seconds. Come on. But you know, because I started thinking about examples and you look at all of these old sites that had good and interesting stuff like download squad or, or G hacks, which is still around, but, but isn't, you know, um, isn't really sustaining very well. And, and they didn't 
market themselves as well as something like Lifehacker did. They didn't appeal to as broad an audience. They weren't as good at getting themselves out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's the reason they didn't necessarily stick around. So how'd you Meanwhile, do it? Sites like BuzzFeed are still doing fantastically well. Yeah. So tell us how you balance as a Lifehacker. Let, let's, I'm, I'm an author working under you right now, I, you know, to like five weeks ago. I click publish. <laughs> what happens next to make sure that thing gets marketed? Um, so, you know, people, people write stuff and they send it to me and, and, you know, I will spend almost as much time editing a headline as I will editing the post. Wow. And I, that sounds crazy, but I am kind of really obsessive and meticulous about things like headlines and, and what are we going to send out on Twitter and Facebook? How are we going to get as many people to see this and then to click on it and then not be disappointed when they click on it, you know? So how do you do it? Okay, let's let me let's do this live for a second. I just wrote an article. You see this kind of article go around all the time. You know, top 10 ways to become a millionaire before you turn 30. What would you do with that? Look, let's assume the content's great. What do you do with that headline to, to, to make it get more clicks? Well, assuming that the the content delivers on that promise. Yeah, let's say content's great. A millionaire before you're 30. I, you know, I would try to specify that more. You know, there are a ton of articles out there on how to be a millionaire when you're 30. So, you know, that article may do really well today when we push it out. But how is it going to do well on Google a couple months down the line, a couple years down the line? What's going to put that at the top of Google and make people click on that over every other? So what would you change it to? Well, you know, I would look at the article and say, okay, what's different about this? How are we, how are we becoming a millionaire by the time you're 30? And how is that different from, you know, what other people are saying or, or what's specific to this article. And I think part of this is about writing the article. You want it to be specific. You want it to hone in on something. You know, the broader you are, the less you're going to, the less substance you're going to have and the less you're going to be able to compare yourself to all of the other articles. So it's in my, we like maybe, you know, most of those articles out there right now, it's about like multiple income streams and save your money and do, do. So maybe we write the article and it's about like invest in like a garbage thing, buy more <laughs> farmland. So you change the headline to, you know, 10 unsexy ways to become a millionaire by the time you're 30. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, abs- absolutely. That's a perfect example. Unsexy okay, good. I'm writing that, a, I'm writing that for Lifehacker and you're going to help me get it published, right? <laughs> okay. You know, the <laughs> other thing I'd mention is that, you know, if you have an article that's t- these top 10 unsexy ways, why not just take one of those and write an article just about that? Mm-hmm. Why not post, you know, write an entire article just about how you build those multiple income streams? Um, or, 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 you know, one of the 10, one of those income streams, you know, how, how to build one of those income streams. Now, here's my question. Here's a question. What's here's a question I have for you about exactly that. I always, I can't, I, on my own blog, I I get stuck in this. Do you, you publish a piece of anchor content, which then obviously in new articles, you then want to backlink to, do you publish the specific 10 steps first and then publish the anchor article that sums up all of them and link back to all the individual posts in the listed article or do you post the listed article first and then every time you you write about each individual of those 10 strategies link back to the the list article i would absolutely write the individual articles first interesting because those are the ones that are that because you want people when they go to that you know top 10 article when that gets the its biggest influx of traffic which is going to be when you post it and not necessarily later down the line you want people to be able to go to those individual links and read in more specifics otherwise if you just have a top 10 list that's you know a couple sentences per item there's not enough substance there to got really it. make people feel like they got what they clicked on that for. Got but if it. you have at least links to all of these other articles that explain it in detail, they're really going to come away with a lot of knowledge. I love that. Okay, before we get into my favorite part of the show, quick question on revenue stuff. How does edit, how does Lifehacker make money? 
Life hack, both Life Hacker and How to Geek are are still primarily advertisements. Okay. Um, you know, we've just been we've been really lucky. The the ad game has treated us fairly well. Um, there's also, you know, both sites are exploring different revenue streams in terms of, um, you know, affiliate links and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of that is kind of done on the business side rather than the editorial side, because we in editorial want to try and remain, you know, as, as independent as possible. And so we, you know, we recommend products we like, and then the business side will go say, okay, do these people have an affiliate program? Let's, you know, let's Got see it. if we can put that in. Rather than us saying, okay, who has an affiliate program we can try to recommend and make money off of? That's smart. So what did li- what top line revenue Lifehacker 2015, what was it? I, I don't know. Then, so this is kind of the, the I know this is all, all what your show's about, but as the editor, you know, that's not really my area of expertise. Wait, I do they really traffic. guard you from that? I mean, is there an intent? I mean, is there like a wall, like a, like a wood, like plywood going down the middle of the office where business is on one side <laughs> and you're on the other and you really don't know? No, you know what? I'm sure if I had wanted to know, I could have found out some information. But because it's a, a fairly big company and because I am um, very much on, on one side of that, uh-huh. you know, at least proverbial wall, it's just not something that um, we needed to concern ourselves with. If the company was doing well, we kept doing what we were doing. Got it. So you, if, re- if revenue went down, really you don't get fired that. then, right? Is that accurate? If revenue in 2015 went down for whatever reason, you, you, you are not the one reporting that to, to the CEO or the founder of the company or whatever. You don't get fired if revenue goes down. No, but if traffic goes down, then I have to answer some questions. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes great sense. Okay, Whitson, we're about to get to my favorite part of the show. Before we do, if people want to connect with you personally online, where can they do that? I'm on Twitter at Whitson Gordon, just my name, which I know is hard to spell, but I'm sure you'll have it in your show notes. <laughs> I'm on Facebook.com slash Whitson Gordon, and you can come visit me and learn how to use technology at HowToGeek.com. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Top Tribe, many of you heard me record and share the story of how we just sold my very successful business, Heyo, in episodes 171, when I got a very suspicious email from a competitor, episode 177, when negotiations got very tense, and episode 184, when we closed the deal and the buyer came on the show live. But now what? So many people want to know, what is Nathan doing next? Guys, it's very big. You have heard it before, actually. Find out what it is live at nathanlatka.com forward slash what's next. Again, nathanlatka.com forward slash what's next. Go there now to save your seat. They are limited and we are almost full. Howtogeek.com. Guys, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 197. If you're jogging right now, you're probably sweating at this point. If you're driving to work, you're probably frustrated at this point. Just remember forward slash the top 197. Okay, Whitson, it's time for my favorite part of the show. You know what's next? Uh, five questions. Oh, you're so freaking close. It's, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Famous five. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number one. I'm not sure. It's okay. Go you're going to do fine. What's your favorite business book? I don't have one. No business. You I'm don't read any business. I'm not a business man. I, no. ha- I hate to say it. And I know that's disappointing What's your favorite to you, book but... in general? It's not disappointing. What's your favorite book? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, favorite book? I don't know. That's that's really hard. Do you read? Um, I do read. You know, I, I would say that I read a lot more um, kind of articles and stuff like that. Okay, than favorite I do blog. Books. Favorite blog? Well, Can't be yours. besides the one I write for, <laughs> besides both of the ones that I write for. Yeah. You know, I've, I've really been liking blogs like uh, uh, Mr. Money Mustache and I Will Teach You To Be Rich, personal finance, stuff like that. I yep. love those. Um, I've re- I love books like that, too. Very good. Okay, number That's two. Is there a CEO that you're studying or following online? Nope. Okay, number three. Uh, <laughs> is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? Yes. Okay. So now you are getting into my area of expertise. <laughs> so I love Evernote. I love Dropbox. I love the stuff that everybody loves. But my favorite that I think is undersung is a tool called Brevi, uh, which is available for Windows. There's a Mac app that's similar called Text Expander. And it basically lets you type long strings of text with just a few keystrokes. So if I want to type my address, I can type three keys and it'll you know, in, immediately paste my entire address into the text box. Uh, this is cool. great for sending canned email responses. If you have to send the same reply to people every day, um, but t- just tweak a few little things, it's great for that. It's great for code snippets. It's great for all kinds of stuff. And it is one of the best time-saving tools I've ever used. Top Tribe, can you see how he talks about this? This is why he's going to have a huge success with How to Geek. He just, I mean, this is great. This is great. That was the right <laughs> question for you, Whitson. Okay, number four. Yes. number four, what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? I am married. I just got married six months ago. Congratulations. Soon enough, I'm sure. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 28. 28. Great. Uh, Still 28. I asked you that at the top of the show. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number four. Here's here's my question. As you're building your new blog, How to Geek, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Yeah, I'd say I'm actually probably getting nine. Gosh, send me an extra one, man. Lastly, my my wife and I are early to bed, early to rise, and we get actually more sleep than I'd like to. When do you go to bed? (laughs) We probably go to bed at like 9.30. When do you wake up? Six. Dang, I'm jealous. Okay, last question. <laughs> Whitson, take us back to your 20-year-old self eight years ago. What do you wish he knew? Uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very happy with my 20-year-old's choices because it got me here, and I'm very, very happy with where I am. But this is a productivity tip that I wish I had learned when I was 20, and it took me too long to learn. The tool you use does not matter as much as how you use it or the fact that you're using it at all. You know, I spent far too long playing with different to-do list apps and different Evernote note-taking apps kind of stuff to find the perfect one, which fit my workflow perfectly. And at the end of the day, you know, trying to do that is a much bigger waste of time. You're getting less done. You'd be much better off with, with a tool that's good enough. You know, perfection is the enemy of the good. Um, get yourself 90% of the way there and move on to the next thing because you will spend half as much time just trying to get that last 10%. Witson, rock solid advice. Top Tribe, there you have it. Witson Gordon started off as an intern, worked his way up to editor-in-chief, took it up to almost 10 million monthly impressions at Lifehacker just from the U.S. or monthly uniques. Now starting his own blog, which will be hugely successful. Witson, thank you for taking us to the top. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 